Turn with me to Zechariah chapter 12. Let's read together the first three verses. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a a cup of drunkenness to all surrounding peoples. When they laid siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. I think it is safe to say that the only thing more fun than studying biblical prophecy is actually observing biblical prophecy become fulfilled before your eyes. Would you agree? In the last 75 years, one of the most significant prophetic events took place. And the whole world took notice because I believe that we do not have another historical parallel or example of this ever occurring in the world's history. And that is the rebirth of the nation of Israel, May 14, 1948. This small, little nation, a nation that is no greater than the size of New Jersey. Shout out to Mike back there. They say that you can fit 32 Israels in the state of Texas. At the, at the widest point of the land, it is 71 miles across. And yet, since the rebirth of this nation on May 14, 1948, it has become the epicenter of aggression. Oh, not that Israel has been aggressive to the world, but the world's been aggressive to Israel. For the rebirth of the nation of Israel points to the fulfillment of biblical prophecy that God promised thousands of years prior. Just two weeks ago, once again, we saw Israel bombarded. Forbes magazine, uh, they projected that 4,300 rockets were sent into Israel out of the 14,000 that they have available to them. And it was incredible to see the imagery of the Iron Dome protecting the people, but unfortunately still some got through. And isn't it interesting that the moment that the United States once again funds Iran, where does the money go? The prophecy spoken of here, though, is that in the last days, in the last great battle of the world, the battle of Armageddon as the nations surround Jerusalem, God will intervene once again on behalf of His people and they shall be victorious. Because God never abandons His people. The story of Israel starts with one man. One man called out of his country by God. And we find that back in the book of Genesis. 
And God made a promise to that man. He said to that man, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, he says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, and from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I'm going to say something very provocative right now, and that is this. Over the last six to eight months, we have seen the politics here in America change towards the favoritism of Israel greatly. (coughs) Excuse me. But this promise states very clearly that I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. The number of nations that have come against the nation of Israel now lie in the ash heap of history. Egypt, Rome, Assyria, Babylon, etc. Here's the statement that may shock you. I believe America needs Israel more than Israel needs America. From Abraham came his promised son Isaac. From Isaac came Jacob. From Jacob, he had 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And as they then proceeded on, they were led by God under Joseph into the land of Egypt. And at that point, 70 people went into Egypt. 400 years later, 2.5 million come out, led by Moses. Who, took, who led them to the edge of the promised land in which God had promised Abraham so many years earlier. However, those standing there on the edge of the land in which God promised, they chose to disobey God, not to believe God, and trust God for what He was providing for them. They were then forced to wander the wilderness for 40 years, coming in with miles of the land in which God had for them. But by the time we come to 1407 B.C., Joshua is now given commission by the Lord to bring the nation of Israel into the land in which God was giving to them. And that conquest of Canaan took them from 1407 to 1400 B.C., from 1360 to 8 or 1084, excuse me, the period of judges occurred. This is the book of Judges. From 1051 to 931 BC, they enjoyed the unity of a monarchy there in Jerusalem. But in 931 BC, that monarchy divided, and Israel to the north, Judah to the south. But then came a moment 
that God intervened in the history of His people. And because of their, again, because of their disobedience and their disregard to God's Word, God brought in the Babylonian army to bring them into captivity, and all who went with them would be saved. All who resisted would perish. And for 70 years, they were in the Babylonian Empire. As God was then showing them. Now this is after God begged them to repent. Sending various prophets such as Jeremiah to them. Calling them back to repentance. And yet they didn't heed the word of the Lord. God then went in and removed them from their land. Because they did not allow the land to rest in the prescribed manner in which God commanded. But while there in Babylon, one such as Daniel began to realize that their time of captivity was coming to an end. And though just as God had promised to remove them from the land, He also promised to return them to the land in which He did and brought them back. And yet it began in a very slow fashion. It's just a small remnant initially returned to the ruins of Jerusalem, to the ruins of the temple, to the collapse of their society. And as that time went on, after 539 B.C., they began to once again build the area of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, And that by 400 B.C., they were once again under the impression of a foreign nation. This time it was Alexander the Great who came in with the Grecian Empire and dominated them after defeating the Medes and the Persians before them. And this is the time that's called the intertestamental period between the Old and the New Testament. There's 400 years encapsulated in that page that you turn in one second between the Old and the New Testament. It's in that 400 years the Maccabean Revolt came about. That God once again stood with His people and during that whole entire time the land was called Israel. And then after being dominated by the Greeks for so many century, 63 A.D., the Romans came in, defeated the Greeks, pushed them out, and once again, the nation of Israel was under the impression of another foreign nation. The Bible calls that time the time of the Gentiles, where Israel was just at the beck and the mercy of foreign powers surrounding them losing their own sovereignty under the Roman Empire to even execute a person for crimes committed. Therefore, this was the result. This resulted in the need of Christ being crucified by the Romans. But as God was silent for 400 years, all of a sudden there became a stirring in the wilderness of Israel. As an individual who, well, to say the least, would have been, appeared to be pretty peculiar, began to shout, repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And John the Baptist called the nation of Israel back. The nation didn't know how to react for God's silence had been deafening for 400 years. But the promise of Malachi at the end of the Old Testament was that one is coming. And for 400 years they waited until the silence was broken by this one crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. And then a a star shined earlier than that. And this baby was born in a manger before that time that John came. And as John then came and began to baptize, one day as he was baptizing, he saw walking towards him, behold, the Lamb of God. And Jesus was baptized and his public ministry began as John heard from heaven, for this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Seeing the Holy Spirit descending as a dove and the Son being baptized, the Trinity in one place at one time. Extraordinary. And then this 30-year-old carpenter from Nazareth began to turn his world upside down. Never traveling 100 miles out of the area in which he was born. Saying radical things. Challenging the religious leaders as they challenged him and tried to discredit him every step of the way. Though a few of them began to see that he may actually be exactly who the people think he is. But unfortunately, even the people lost their confidence in Jesus because he wasn't there to release them from the Roman oppression that they believed that their Messiah would do when he came. But the mission of Jesus was so much more significant than that. It wasn't simply the oppression of Rome that he was there to release people from. It was the domination of sin in the person's life that was going to be broken on the cross. And he challenged everybody. People didn't know what to make of him. Some saw and tried to deny, but it was too evident that he was exactly who he said he was. But then when he was crucified, all hopes were dashed. People began to mourn, mock, criticize, ridicule. Disciples, they split. One stood with his mother, John, and watched Jesus crucified on that cross. And in that moment of agony, the skies drew dark as the wrath of God was poured upon the Son on behalf of mankind. They removed him from the cross. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, (laughs) the third day, the world was never the same again. Seen by 500. Seen by his disciples as they watched him ascend back to his father from the Mount of Olives, promising that he would return in like fashion. Shortly after that, the Romans had enough with the Jewish people. And they destroyed the city of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. 
but it was only after the second uprising that Emperor Hardin then brought in and finally dispersed them all in 135 A.D. And this is when Israel was then changed to Palestine for the first time. But let us know and understand that just like the 70 years of captivity and the promise to regather the nation of Israel back to their land. Throughout the Old Testament, there are clear scriptures indicating that Israel would be taken out of their land and eventually brought back in by God. And never before in history has a people lost the land in which they occupied and gained it back again. And that's exactly what happened on May 14, 1948. After 2,000 years of removal, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, were brought back to the land God had given them. Just as the prophets had predicted, just as they began to shout into the annals of history and into the world, That God isn't done with the nation of Israel. And that's apparently clear. For Ezekiel wrote in Ezekiel 37, verses 24 through 28, David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. They shall dwell in the land that I, gave, I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. They shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children, forever. And my servant David, now this is uh, speaking of Christ now, shall be their prince forever. For, for moreover, I make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also who know that, that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. This isn't a work of the Jewish people, it's a work of God. And God is going to bring His people and has brought His people back to the land again. The greatest end times fulfillment so far in our history is the rebirth and regathering of the nation of Israel to their land. As Amos stated at the end of his book, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the threader of grapes to him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit for them. I will plant them in their land, says, and no longer, notice what he says, no longer shall they be pulled up from the land that I have given them, says the Lord 
your God. It's very difficult to watch the images that we watched two weeks ago under the narrative that we have been told about the occupation of that land. (coughs) Excuse me. Yet history tells us something radically different. Now trust me, I want to make it abundantly clear. I do not advocate for war in any way, shape, or form. But the aggression is not Israel occupying the land in which is theirs. The aggression is the rockets that are being shot into the land of Israel. In the Islamic faith, Islamic radicals realize this one very certain fact. That as long as the Jewish people are in their land, Islam cannot be true. Do you realize that? It is the greatest stumbling block to them. This is why the Islamic world has called for the eradication, and that's a strong word. I do not coin it. It has been said by leaders of radical Islamic groups and nations for the last two decades. Israel has become a cup of trembling before the world. No other nation in the world has so many UN sanctions against it. Do you realize that? And yet these people simply want to be left alone. Let us understand that after the Holocaust, Europe was devastated. It had been just dismantled. The infrastructures had been crushed. The Jewish people had been dispersed. And we know many of them had been Let's use the word properly. They have been slaughtered. As Hitler tried to exterminate the Jewish people and others in the atrocities of the concentration camps, and let me be a blunt here, as blunt as I can be, because this is something that really gets me going. Those who deny that the Holocaust ever occurred need to stop purchasing legal marijuana. Okay? They're on drugs. We have pictures of soldiers marching into Auschwitz. Russian soldiers, American soldiers, walking into concentration camps, throwing up at what they are seeing before them. It was a slaughter that was taking place. And let's be honest, the world turned its head and turned away from it for many years before they finally did something. And they had to do something. But after all of this was said, it was the nations that realized that the only way the Jewish people could sustain and protect themselves is if once again they were given back the land that was theirs. And that's what happened. Through different resolutions that were passed, that land was given back to them. Now, they weren't doing the people of the Jewish people any favor at that time. The land was desolate at that time. It was pretty much saying, listen, uh, you know, I know you need to build a home for yourself. and I've got this wasteland over here, and well, do with it what you will. That's exactly what they inherited. But then God stepped in and turned the entire land around. And now they're one of the biggest exporters of produce in in the region. 
Do you realize that when COVID hit and people realized that hydroxychloroquine could work if it was allowed to be used? I'm sure Facebook just turned us off there. But let me say this. I don't know if it does or not. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one, uh, even on TV. No. Um, Do you realize that Israel, within two weeks, sent us a shipment of six million doses because they make it there in Israel? We didn't ask for it. They just did it. It was incredible, the relationship that we had with them. And though I call us to support Israel, it doesn't mean we have to agree with every decision they make. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with their politics. It just means that we have to understand from God's perspective who these people actually are. I believe we should try to work with all people. But the only way we are going to resolve the issues in the Middle East is if we truly understand the history of these issues. And to understand the histories of this issue, we must understand the Old Testament. That the promises of God were given to Isaac and not Ishmael. That's where it all originates from. Do you know that many Americans today believe that the Islamic faith and the Christian faith are one and the same because of its origination in Abraham? Isn't that crazy? And yet, we are asked now to decide and to draw conclusions based on a narrative given to us, well, in the trustworthy mainstream media of today. The nation of Israel is there because God has brought them back into the land and He is setting the stage for the ultimate climax of the Scriptures, the return of Jesus Christ. Studying this subject, I remember one person drawing out, drawing to my attention, excuse me, the until statements about the Jewish people that are found throughout the New Testament. This completely solidified my theological position upon the nation that I I believe is strongly built on Romans 9, 10, and 11, Paul's understanding, he's speaking of the national state of Israel in those chapters. He is looking for the redemption of the Jewish people. He is praying to God that he himself would even suffer that they may come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. He is not speaking of a spiritual Israel there that is occupied within the church. He is talking about the nation of Israel there. And this is substantiated and supported by what is called until statements. And I would like to show you those until statements, if I may, this morning. We begin in the Gospel of Luke. In the famous scene where Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem after the rejection of of him as their Messiah. And notice what Jesus says. This is the first of the until statements. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stoned those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you, your children, together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, or as a duck in your planter, still sitting on her eggs out there. But you were not willing. Where was the problem? The problem isn't with God. The problem is with them. They were unwilling to come to Him. See, your house is left to you desolate. And as surely I say to you, 
You shall not see me again, what? Until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There's still yet a time coming. Now this is referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the establishment of the nation must precede the return of Jesus Christ. For Luke then follows this statement in Luke 21:24, and he says, they will fall by the edge of the sword, they will be led away captive into all nations, speaking of the Jewish people, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So there's a period of time that Jerusalem will be restored. This is directly in correlation with the Old Testament passages concerning the reestablishment of the nation. But in Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 22, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. Repent and therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things, all things, which God has spoken about by the mouths of the holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will rise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren, him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And then even Paul, when writing to the Romans, confirmed this again by stating in Romans 11.25, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of, the mystery, of this mystery, lest you shall be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. There is a period of time that Israel has been partially blinded to allow for the gospel to go out into the Gentile world. Until. Now in all of those until statements, you realize that they are rooted in the promises of the restoration of national Israel. And when I talk about the restoration of national Israel, it's the restoration of Israel. And in that restoration, it also includes in the prophetic uh, words of the Old Testament, the restoration of the land in which is theirs. And all of this occurred in the rebirth of Israel that happened on May 14, 1948. Jerusalem was regained in 1967. And the stage was now beginning to be set. For the book of Revelation tells us clearly that the events that unfold in the last days will occur in the city in whom Jesus was crucified. With the rebirth of Israel, we now know that the stage is being set for the return of Christ. As Jesus told his disciples before he went to the cross in Matthew chapter 24, he said this in the parable of the fig tree. Many scholars believe that the fig tree is resemblant of Israel. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches have already become tender and puts forth leaves, you shall know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all of these things, know 
that it is near at the doors. Now, what things is he talking about? He's talking about everything that he pre, uh, preceded this statement with in Matthew 24. Specifically, calling their attention to an event called the abomination of desolation. That abomination of desolation is pulled out of the book of Daniel, prophesied about in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Paul there explained it in the book of 2 Thessalonians when he talked about what will occur, the Antichrist raising up an image of himself within the temple of God. (coughs) This shall be the abomination of desolation. Now, to have the abomination take place, you need a temple. Well, I don't think that the Jewish people are interested in building a temple in Joliet. Do you? Or Milwaukee? Boston? Definitely not Chicago. The temple of God must be built in the city of Jerusalem. With that temple being built, to allow the Antichrist to commit the abomination of desolation. The nation of Israel must be back, Jerusalem must be back, and the temple must be rebuilt. These were all questions that the disciples had as everything that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 is preceded upon the questions in which they ask that started with the temple structure itself that Jesus said that it will be destroyed and in three days he'll rise again. It will be raised again. All of these point to the restoration of the nation of Israel. In 2010, at a memorial ceremony for the Holocaust, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stated this, After the Holocaust, the Jewish people rose from the ashes and destruction, from a terrible pain that can never be healed. Armed with the Jewish spirit, the justice of man, and the vision of the prophets. We sprouted new branches and grew deep roots. And then he quotes Ezekiel. Dry bones became covered with flesh. A spirit fulfilled them, filled them, excuse me, and they live and stood on their own feet. As Ezekiel prophesied, then he said unto me, These bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we are doomed. Prophecy, therefore, has said to them, thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and lift you out of the graves, O my people, and bring you to the land of Israel. Netanyahu was stating that the prophecy had been fulfilled in the regathering of the people of Israel back to their land. And in closing, I leave you with this. The promise of God to His people in Isaiah 60.21. Also your people shall be, I'm sorry, and your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land for when? Forever. What does forever mean in the eyes of God? Short period of time. Forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified, God says. Folks, 
the only thing that excites me more than studying biblical prophecy is watching biblical prophecy being fulfilled in our immediate history. The Jewish people are back in their land. The stage is being set. The world is conforming to the image of the end, probably faster than we would imagine. As we talked last week, there is nothing left for the rapture of the church to take place. It could happen at any moment in a twinkling of an eye. We should live in the urgency of the return, the soon and imminent return of Jesus Christ. And with Israel back in their land, we know, as John wrote, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly.